You're doing great. Now, maybe you don't have an ominous voice and find yourself on a park bench and a narrator in the clouds talking about the worries that you have in your life, but here's the truth about worry. It can leave you feeling like that, like you need to curl up in the what? Fetal position and just want all the worries of the world to go away. And today when we press into the third part of our series right here, Jesus asks this question and it's really rhetorical. He says, why do you worry? And I really think before we press into the day, I just want to stop and pray because the truth is what Mark had shared earlier, we have a lot to worry about. And our worries can feel like we're carrying the weight of the what world on our shoulders at times. And so before we even begin and we press into this amazing question that Jesus asked and to see what he really had to share about it for our worries in our life, I just want to pray for us because I really do believe and convince that some of us today, myself included, may have walked through these doors and we're carrying a lot of worries. And we want to validate those because I get it. You're carrying a lot of weight. So, Jesus, we, we ask that you really you step in this room with us because the truth is worries can be so heavy that we can't carry them. And they end us up just like she was feeling on a park bench in a fetal position, wanting them just to go away. And the truth is some of us aren't doing so great. And so, God, maybe you could step in the middle of this and bring us hope when we can't really seem to find it. Uh, We love you. May you bless in your name. Amen. Jesus says this, why do you worry? He says it, why do we worry? I'll tell you why I worry, right? I've got a mortgage payment. I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got a job. We could go on and on and on. And we worry about so many things. In fact, many people say it's our nature as human beings. Why do we worry? Maybe we worry about the small things sometimes. I'll tell you, for example, just a couple weeks ago, we went and celebrated our 14-year anniversary. Somebody got us a a room at the Detroit Rensen, and uh, man, it was awesome. 51st floor is so exciting. And the next day, Marie goes, let's go to Joe Moore, like seafood. Let's go there. It's it's, it's at the bottom of the Rensen. It's this awesome restaurant. I go, yeah, but babe, we got to dress up to go there. And she's like, no, don't worry about it. Because you don't need to dress up. I was like, yeah, no, everybody got to, they have a dress code. She goes, they don't have a dress code. What are you worrying about? Like, i like, no, this place is one of those restaurants with a dress code. I'm looking at my brother-in-law. Him and I are in the same boat. Like, we're, if it's got a dress code, you need to dress up, right, and follow the rules. And, and so we, we walk in, and she's wearing, like, her workout gear. And I've got on sweatpants and a ball cap. And I, I kid you not, we walk up to the sign, and I'm telling her the whole time, we're kind of debating, but I'm trying to be romantic because it's her 14-year anniversary. And I'm like, you, you, you need to dress nice. She goes, you're fine. You're worrying too much. And we show up, and this big sign says, uh, dear patrons, thank you so much for showing up today. Uh, please, ladies, refrain from wearing workout gear. I'm like, Maria, I told you. you know. And, and gentlemen, no sweatpants or hats, ball caps. So we go in the restaurant, anyhow, man, and we're sitting there, and people have like Rolexes and suits, and we're right in the middle there. And I'm, I'm waiting for people to say, are you supposed to be in the back doing the dishes right now or, or something, right? But we worry about these small things. And she finally said, get over it, quit worrying. And, and we had a great time. But it's funny, worry will stop us in the small things and the big things, too. It's been just over a year, and I, I've told some of this story, but not many, that uh, I had to go into the doctor because I was having issues swallowing, and I was becoming nervous about it, so I went to go see a throat specialist, and uh, he said, you've got this tightening of your esophagus that's going on, and uh, I, I, I'm not sure why. He said, sometimes for people it can be an overgrowth of tissue, but you're a young guy, and that doesn't happen to your older, and so when you're young, uh, that typically will happen because of potential esophageal cancer. And I remember when he said that, I just, like, the world stopped. And, and I never felt worry the way it felt in that moment. And he says these words to me. He says, no, don't worry too much. I'll see you back in three weeks, and we'll verify if that's what it is. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. No problem. You know, 
don't worry about it, right? Like I do marriage counseling. Hey, your marriage is falling apart, but don't worry about it. I'm thinking you guys may make it or may not. You know what I mean? See you in a month. And I, and I remember for the next three weeks, I had worried a ton. I, in fact, for the first time in my life ever, I, I found myself with shortness of breath. And I, I remember calling my sister, who's a DNP, and my, my wife, who's a nurse, and asking. They're all saying it's anxiety. You're, you're worried a lot about this stuff. And I'm like, no, that can't be it. It's got to be something else. It's got to be this throat thing. And she said, no, you're, you're anxious. You're worried. And worry began to really, really have a lot of weight to it, you know. And, and for you, too, it's no different. You walked in this place, and you have worry. Like, how many of you here have kids or grandkids, right? Or are you thinking about having kids, you know? Or you are a kid, right? And it's like there's worry that goes along with that, or there's worry in our finances that you just don't have a proverbial stack of bills. You actually have a stack of bills at home, and you're not sure how you're going to pay them. Or when the phone rings, is it a friend or is it a bill collector calling? Or how are we going to do this, and how are we going to get our finances to change? And Worry begins to set in. Some of you, it's about your health. Some of you, with your health, it's, it, it, it's an issue where you got some news or you have something you're, that you're dealing with and nobody knows about. You don't know what you're going to do and, and you're worried about it. And, and from the outside, everything seems fine, but from the inside, the weight of it is crushing. Or it's a relationship. You may have walked in here in this place and everything seems, again, looks fine. Why do we do this, right? We act like everything's okay and it's really not and when we walk in, and, and, and it seems fine, but the truth be told, you're hurting right now. And the relationship that you're involved, your marriage may be hanging on by a thread. Or, or maybe you're recovering from a divorce, and you don't know if you could ever step back into a marriage one day again. You know? Or you have relationship issues with family, or you just came off Thanksgiving, which for some was great, and for others, might have been a nightmare, right? And it's difficult. And you find yourself in these spots, and we worry. We worry about if we're ever going to get over our worries, we worry, and the danger of worry is this, that worry will literally stop you in your tracks. Worry will destroy the world that God has intended you to live. You see, Jesus brings up this question again. He says, why do you worry? And then he follows up with this incredible verse that we're going to find. It's in this book called Matthew. A guy named Matthew that followed Jesus had wrote it. He wrote the accounts and, and the different occurrences and things that Jesus did, and he captured these words and it takes place in Matthew chapter 6, which is part of, this, they say, the greatest sermon ever preached, Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, he stops, and people's, all their worries, says, why do you worry? And they're telling him why, and all of a sudden it says, look at the birds, and don't they plant or harvest or store food in barns? For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And they're thinking, the birds? Does a bird have a more? Is there a mortgage on this bird feeder up here, right? I mean... The birds, and then he says this other question. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Have you ever thought about that? In fact, I think the opposite is true. Does worry add anything to our life? No, in fact, it does the opposite. It takes away, it steals time. It steals joy. It steals and takes from us. Charles Spurgeon had a quote that it was so great when I read it. I thought this was so true. Anxiety, which is a byproduct of worry, does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Isn't that true? And I find ourselves we're asking this question, well, how do we do this? How do we trade, really, the question is we're asking, how do we trade our worry for something better? How do we trade our worry for a life that's almost worry-free? Jesus is saying, look, the birds in the air, he's like, I, I take care of them. And I they don't even hold a candle to how much I love you. They're not even in comparison in the same category to the way that I feel about you. I love you, and if I feed them, 
then I'll take care of you. It's why even you were given, you're probably asking, why well, do I have a packet of bird seed, right? That's in my pocket. And he's saying, if I, if I give them bird seed, and if I feed them, if I take care of them, won't I take care of you more? And, and he's really equating the, the stuff that they are eating to our worries. This represents today like, uh, can we make our mortgage payment? Is our marriage going to last? And uh, am I, am I going to get through this health crisis? Can I raise my kids? And see, I was inspired today when I, I I'd read an article this week, and I found a, a story of a man that actually figured out how to do this. He traded his worry for a better life or something different. His name was Robert Jones. I've got a picture of him. He's a veteran. He's 32 years of age. And, and there's Robert. He just, he lost both legs in the military. And when he came back, everybody said, you're going to worry because you're never going to walk again. It's never going to happen. It's never going to take place and it's not going to happen. And he began to say, I can worry my life away and worry about this or I can do something different. He began to trade his worry for a better life, for something different, a faith almost. And he actually just ran, listen to this, 31 marathons in 31 days. Isn't that incredible? The 30, I can't even run a marathon, let alone 31 marathons in 31 days. Well, how did he do this? And, and we're going to press into that day and talk about what would it look like if we could trade our worry, the weight that it brings in our life, for something greater, for something different. And, and to help me do this, I've actually invited uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine named Shay Press. He's going to be a friend of yours because uh, at Kensington around here, we plant churches. And he's actually going to be planting a church uh, in Grand Blanc. So do me a favor, give me a hand for my good buddy, Shay. And uh, super excited to have you, man. Thanks for having me. This is so great, dude. Yeah. Shay, uh, he, he, he's my bodyguard on the side. and uh, I work out as much as Jeremiah. Totally, he's my coach. Yeah, so... But uh, as we do that, too, I'd love just to go ahead and ask the ushers to come forward for offering at this time. And, um, and that's something, too, that we can, uh, we can find ourselves worrying about is even finances. And I want to tell you, so many of you that give to this place and, uh, uh, and you're faithful and you do that in the face of worry, that I, I thank you so much for doing that because it's a difficult thing to trust God, right? I mean, this kind of stuff. But I want you to know that when you give, again, you're not just giving into programs. You're really giving into people. The people like the amazing Pontiac kids that are coming next weekend to put around our Kaleo program. Uh, people just like Shay Prisk, yeah. who's really, you got a lot to worry about right now, man. So why don't you just share with us a little bit like what's happening yeah. in your life? Yeah, so uh, first, I just want to say thanks for having me. Not that you really all had much of a say in the matter, but uh, it's really great to be here this morning. Man, uh, my family, uh, when I was in middle school and early high school, we actually attended uh, a Kensington campus. We went to Kensington, Troy, and it was about an hour drive from our house, but we, uh, I have three siblings too, we never complained. It was the first time that, that we had ever gone to a church in our lives where we're like, man, we actually want to be here, and people aren't wearing clothes that smell like mothballs. Like, this is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and and we, we really, really loved it. And I, I remember um, when God started to put this call in my life to actually be in ministry, and I knew that public communicating was probably going to be some part of that, um, I, I would literally, there, there were times where I literally daydreamed, what if one day I got to speak at Kensington? It would be like this moment that like I had arrived. So thank you. I have officially arrived, if you didn't know that. So. Congratulations. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> uh, but so thankful to be here today. Um, yeah, there, there's been a ton of life change in my wife and I's life over the last uh, two and a half years. Uh, I stepped away from a very sec- successful career uh, in medical sales, sold neurosurgical equipment uh, for years and years and years, uh, about two and a half years ago, because I felt like God was putting this call in my heart uh, to help start a church out in Livonia, 
uh, called Mile City that my buddy was helping to get started. And uh, he was the lead pastor there, and he kind of challenged me to be a part of it. And so we kind of just left everything there behind, and we, uh, we helped start this church. But in the midst of that, uh, we knew God was, was just using that as a stepping stone. We knew that he was calling us to, to something else. Now, now we know it's this church that we're going to help uh, start here in Grand Blank, but at the time, we had no clue, and so it really felt like kind of stepping out into the unknown. And so now uh, we're less than two months away from starting this brand new church, and I'm figuring out every day that there's a big difference between just being on a team of people that start the church and uh, when everybody's actually staring at you for all the answers. And uh, it, it's definitely led to some worrisome uh, days, a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety in moments. Uh, my wife and I, we also have two children under the age of two. Uh, we have a daughter, Logan, they'll turn two in January. We have a son that's uh, right about uh, six months old. Uh, any of you that have kids, you know that that will add a little stress and worry into your life. Uh, amen to that, right? Um, so kids will, will definitely do that to us. We recently moved as well. Uh, moving is from Satan. Uh, it's, it's not fun even a little bit. And so we moved about a month ago from what we thought, thought was going to be our forever home, our dream home. We thought that we would be there for the rest of our lives out in Howell. But we knew that God wasn't just calling us uh, to serve this community of Grand Blank, but to actually live there as well. And so we, uh, we picked up and moved up there, and uh, we've been there now for about a month. And man, uh, a lot of life change, a lot of things that have definitely, again, like I said, caused some sleepless nights, caused my wife and I to look at each other and go, what are we doing? A lot of worry, a lot of stress. And uh, the reality is, I, I don't tell you any of that so that you'll feel bad for me. In fact, most of you are probably thinking, well, boo-hoo, because for every single thing that I just listed, I guarantee you have a laundry list of things in your life that are causing you stress and causing you worry as well. But Jeremiah, what are we supposed to do with that worry? No, that's the whole thing. It's like we find ourselves, we, we, Shane and I met this week when we just sat and we start talking about this and we're like, and as we read through Matthew 6, Jesus is tackling this thing because in the Sermon on the Mount, it's amazing, he tackles all these different uh, important life crushing things that we deal with and worry was like top of the list and it's like how do we really it's the question we're asking jesus says, why do you worry and we say well here's what we're worrying about and you just shared what you're worrying about and then he asked a question can any of you add even an hour to your life by worrying and the answer is no it's rhetorical <laughs> he's being kind of a smart aleck a little bit that's what's so cool about jesus and so uh not that he's a smart aleck he was a great savior of the world too but i mean he was you know <laughs> an obvious yeah. smart aleck but but he's really getting to this this precipice where it's like how do we trade our worry for a better life for something different where we're not freaking out and, and being crushed by the weight of our worry all the time and so I, when we kind of read through this together and prayed about it we pulled out just a couple thoughts and the first thought was this that really worry and trust like trusting god like they can't coexist they can't you can't have them in the same room. They can't, they can't live together. They can't cohabitate. They can't yeah. exist. And so you had some amazing thoughts on this. Meeting. Yeah. I wanted you to lead us through a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, this whole idea of worry and trust can't coexist. Now, when we think of trust, uh, it, it's this confidence in something that's absolutely greater than ourselves, right? Um, any of you that have 10 minutes of, of life experience, right, you know that you're not really in control. Life teaches you that in a hurry. Not a sermon, not anything else. Your life has shown you that we're not really in control, that the tighter that we try to grip onto life, the tighter that we try to hold onto life, that the, the more that we try to control our own destiny, we recognize uh, that in reality we're, we're not really in control. And so we have to put these trusts and things other uh, than ourselves. Now, when we think of worry and trust being unable to coexist, that's not a churchy thing. That's not a Christiany thing. That's just a life thing. It's a logical thing. Think about it. If you are trusting, you're not worrying. If you are worrying, you are not trusting. In fact, you could define trust, right, as, as the absence of worry. You could define worry as the absence of trust. Now, Jesus actually talks about this exact same point in the same chapter of Matthew 6 here. We're going to put that next verse up. He says, no one can serve two masters, 
For you'll hate one and you'll love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Now, when Jesus is having this conversation, the context of this is actually money. And, and so much of what causes us worry and stress and angst has to go do with money when we think about that. But right here, he's actually alluding to this exact same point, that we can't serve two masters. Either you're serving worry or you're serving trust. There's no way that you can be serving both at the same time. You, whether you realize it or not, whether you've thought about it in these terms or not, you are choosing one or the other. You are either serving worry or you are serving trust, but you certainly can't serve both. They can't coexist. Can't coexist at all. I just, I was telling Shay, literally just last night, we found ourselves, Marie and I, and you all have brought stuff in this room that you're worrying about. Some of them could be finances that you mentioned. Some could be your relationship. Some could be a health issue. could be whatever. For Marie and I right now with, with three kids, because... Parenting is from, did you say parenting is from Satan? No, 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 that's moving, moving, No, no, moving on. Anyhow, no, parenting (laughs) is tough, isn't it? How many of your parents or grandparents in this room, or you're thinking about parenting? Parenting's tough, isn't it? Agreed? And and we find ourselves in this moment, and right when you think you have a stage figured out, it changes. It's like you're always in transitional waters, the parenting. And so uh, we find ourselves worrying over one of our our, our boys, and we've been trying this and trying that and all sorts of stuff with them, And, and we'll share more in the time's right, but... We found ourselves literally last night, like we just sat down with him, and I looked over at Maria, and her eyes are welling up, and my eyes are welling up, and we didn't know what to do, and I realized, I'm like, we can't, we're going to worry to death about this, and we had to literally stop in the moment, I'm like, we're either going to freak out and keep worrying, or we're going to have to trust God somewhere in the middle of this, and there was uh, a, a quote that a friend of mine had shared with us, and Dr. Shanae Williams, and she's amazing, she's a, uh, a Christian, she's a, like a, a pediatric psychologist, and she said this, that anxiety comes when we linger too far into the future. But peace comes when we turn our thoughts toward God and remain in the present. Hmm. We literally, I'm not kidding you, man. We stopped last night and we just, we just said a little prayer. And we're like, we're just, we're going to humble ourselves because we don't know what else to do. And then like logic hit where I'm like, we can't keep worrying to death and, and parent our child in the way that God's asking us to do. They, they can't coexist to do that. But the thing is, I, I thought, literally, we go to bed, and we're like, okay, we had success. And then all of a sudden, Maria looks over, and she's like, but tomorrow's coming. Hmm. And it's going to bring more challenges. And Jesus said this, too. He said, tomorrow's going to bring its own worries, you know. Hmm. And what do we do? And so what's the next, maybe, thought that we kind of came across that, that Jesus kind of unveiled? Because like, do you ever feel like you're in this all alone? When, when Mark said that earlier, like, you don't underestimate the weight of the pain or issues in this room. That's the worst. It's not just going through the pain right. and going through the struggle. It's feeling like this, that you're going through it all what? Alone. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows. Yeah. And we discovered the opposite is kind of true what Jesus shares. So I'd love for you to kind of tell us about that. Yeah, so Jesus goes on and he, he says in this next statement, and I, it, truly it's been one of the most profound pieces of scripture for, for me in my life. And because we all relate to this, right? Nobody's sitting here going, I don't worry. I don't stress out, right? Like it, it, this is 100% relatable. And he goes on to say this. He says, so don't worry. He says, so don't worry about these things. Now, when he's saying this in this context, he's actually saying, don't worry about any things. He's like, don't worry about anything, which when Jesus would say, as Jeremiah already alluded to, you'd say these types of things, you want to kind of like give Jesus a charley horse because you're like, okay, Jesus, th- this is this really frustrating thing for you to tell me because just telling me that I shouldn't worry, telling me that I shouldn't get stressed out, that that's far easier said than done. But he's saying, okay, do not worry about these things. And then he says, don't worry about these things, saying, what are we going to eat? And what are we going to drink? And what are we going to wear? And how are we going to pay our mortgage? And how are we going to pay this car bill? And, and, and how are we going to pay for this medical bill? And what are we going to do about this child that's so out of control? And how are we going to pay for this? And what are we going to do about this? Do not worry about any of these things. He's saying, do not worry. Get worry completely out of your life. And then he introduces this next statement here, which 
honestly, it sounds a little bit offensive. So if you find yourself getting defensive here, like don't get mad at me, get mad at Jesus. He says this, he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And in fact, a lot of translations, it says these things dominate the thoughts of pagans. And what Jesus is introducing here, he's saying, hey, listen, if you lay awake at night, and you're worrying, and you're stressed out. If stress and worry and anxiousness, I mean, if this is something that consumes your life, you are living like a pagan. And again, this is Jesus saying this. He's saying, you are living like God doesn't exist. You're living like God doesn't know. You are living like God is certainly not going to intervene. And, and, and this is a huge question here. And so, man, if you've been kind of zoning out and catching up on Cyber Monday deals here, like trying to get ahead of the game, put your phone down here for just a second. This, this is so, so important that we answer this question. Every single one of us has to wrestle this question. You don't have to admit it to anyone else. You don't have to admit it, you know, person to the left or right. But, you know, just to yourself, really think about this. Do you think God knows? Do you think that God cares? Does God know? Does God care? Now, Jesus, in the second half of this verse, the very next thing that he says, he kind of answers this question for us. Go ahead and go to that next verse. He says, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. All that stuff that we worry about that keeps us up at night, that that consumes our thoughts. He's saying, God actually knows all of that. God does indeed know. God absolutely cares. And God definitely does intervene. One of the most important moments in any of our lives, and I I truly believe this, is when we truly answer that question, does God know? Does God care? And when we start to recognize that as truth, that that is an absolute reality, that 100% God knows, that 100% God absolutely does care, then we can begin to shift our orientation from all that stuff that gets us stressed out from all that stuff that causes us so much worry, and we begin to shift it to God. God absolutely knows. It's amazing. It is like a literal paradigm shift that Jesus, when he's doing this discourse, Sermon on the Mount, that he's shifting everyone to. He's like, you're worried to death. And, and like again, we've got this bird scene. He's like, remember the birds in the air? He's like, they don't worry. You know, and it's when the people in the audience are, again, getting aggravated at Jesus. Like, yeah, they don't have a mortgage in their bank, buddy. <laughs> you know, but it's like, what is your worry today that's so great? And Jesus is, is really alluding, he's really asking, saying, can you give it to me? C- c- can you make this divine exchange or transition this worry over to me? And the fact is, when you become aware that God does know, and we're convinced of that, that God's aware of what's going on. He's aware of our problems. He's aware of your sleepless nights. He's aware of your tears. He's aware of your pain. He's aware of it and wants to not just be aware of it, but do something about it. I'll never forget when I... This past, just literally like four or five months ago, and I did a wedding, and uh, I see my sister-in-law, because she did the hair for this amazing young lady. Her name was Rose, and she married this guy named Randy, and, and it was like a fairy tale book wedding, right? <laughs> we sat down with them, and, and they were just looking at each other, and it's like, how did you fall in love? And like, oh, we knew, right, when we met each other. We were in love, you know? And they knew, and they were both school teachers, and I'm like, this is a Hallmark movie. How many have been watching Hallmark movies lately, by the way? Stupid cheesy storyline. This is her storyline. It's like, I know, man cards out the window, right? We're like, Begrudgingly. Our wives make us watch Yeah, right, begrudgingly. You love it. So, (laughs) and and I'm just sitting here listening to her story, and she gets to this part of her story. She said, now, we want to do the wedding in this date, and we're hoping my mom can make it. And I thought, maybe there's, you know, issues or struggles. She said, no, my mom has cancer. And I don't know if she's going to be able to make it to the wedding, but I'm, I'm confident she will, and God knows what's going through. And she kept, remember, saying this phrase, God knows. God knows, and God's aware of what's going on. 
in our life. He does. He just he knows. And and I remember being there doing their their wedding, and her mom was able to make it in the front row, and she couldn't get up and stand with her, her daughter when when her dad gave her away and things like that. But it was just amazing to see this gleaming bright beauty on her face that was more so not just because of the day of their wedding and how happy she was with Randy, but she was confident that, God, you know what I'm worried about. You know that my mom might not make it. And he said, you know. And she's like, but I'm not going to let that steal my joy. Hmm. She literally began to kind of like trade her worry, and she was trusting God with her worry in those moments. And I remember we got a call. I think it was like looking over at Annie. I think it was like a week or a week and a half later that that my mom passed. But I'm so thankful she was able to make it to the wedding. Hmm. God knows. God knows what we went through, and God knows the struggle, and God knows. And that's what made it easier. And she kept saying that. And I thought, gosh. And I learned, and I began to understand in that moment really what Jesus is elevating here because he gets to this next scripture. Matthew 6, 33 is kind of coming to a close with this. And he says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He's saying there's this divine exchange that could take place. There really is. Like, if you could take and represent whatever your worry is in this little package, whatever it is. It could be finances. could be health. could be relational issues. could be doubt. could be anxiety you're carrying. He's saying, if you could trust me just a little bit and seek me first, because I'm seeking you. That's the beauty of nature of God. It's not just us pursuing him. He's pursuing us. And he's saying, if you could exchange over your worry, if you could trust me with your worry, if you could trust me, I mean, the birds of the air are flying around, and they're unaware, and they're not even worried, but you are fretting and worrying, and he's saying, if I have the power to feed them and take care of them, and I love you way more than I love them, care for you so much more than I could ever care for them, then gosh, could you trust me with that worry? He says, seek first the kingdom of God, He says, and live righteously and and everything else you need, whatever it is you need, what is it you need right now? What is it that when we're talking about worry, it pops in your head and you're like, oh my gosh, I I wish you weren't even talking about this because I don't even want to think about my worry. I don't even want to contemplate it anymore. It's consumed me. I came here to get away from it. And Jesus is really saying that you came to the right place because he's asking you to hand it over, to trust him with a little because there's something you said earlier, and it's like so true, because hasn't life taught us that for sure, that we don't have control, do we? We don't have control over tomorrow, let alone today. We don't have control over those things, but we're dedicating all of our energy and wealth and resources toward worry. And Jesus is saying, what if you dedicated some of that energy and time just by trusting me and watch what I could do with it? And really, we say that a lot around here, that we believe God's inviting you into an incredible journey. And maybe for some of us today, the first step of that journey is really taking our worries and our doubts and our anxieties and our uncertainties and the fear of the unknown, the fear of even tomorrow, and saying, what if I just handed those over to you, God, because you can trust it in your own power, but good luck, because how's that serving you up to this point? Or you could trust it with the one that actually says, the birds in the air, I got them covered, and I love you way more, and I could take care of you. There's a story that we're going to share with you, and uh, it's actually based on a story of an amazing woman that was part of Kensington before, but it it shares and you get to watch and almost peek into uh, this mom's life. And as you peek into her life, you begin to see that that she starts out in life like we do, with hopes and dreams and ambitions. And like life, what it always brings is the unknown, 
and doubt and worry begin to creep in. But in the middle of it, I hope you see this, that what we're hoping to do at the end of the service is what she's going to try to do here in this story is exchange her doubt somehow, exchange her worry and anxiety for something better by trusting God with her life. And so as we step into that, I, I just pray this, that you would somehow find it in you to say, God, I've really tried to trust in my own strength for long enough. And I think I'm really maybe today even willing to trust you a little bit more with what I'm struggling with, what I'm doubting at this moment. So I hope this story speaks to you as it did to us.
Should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows curl? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven? When Jesus is my portion, a I know he watches over me. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know.
and I know He watches me. And I know he watches, I know he watches, I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy, I sing because. love those words. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know that he watches over me. Jesus says, can you see the birds? He says, they're flying all around in freedom. And they're not worried one bit about where their food's going to come. They're not worried about tomorrow. They have no care. They fry. They just fly. And he's really saying, do you know that you were built to live that way? You really were. To live a life of freedom. Not that life wouldn't bring hard knocks. Not that life wouldn't bring things that were difficult toward us. Because it does. Jesus says this in this world. We'll have trouble. It's the truth. But he says this. Does it feel exchange? Your worry to me? He said, I can carry it. See, you and I, we weren't designed to carry the weight of the world. We really weren't. In fact, you've probably been trying to do that. As you try to carry the weight of the world, it feels crushing in your life, doesn't it? And Jesus is saying, what if today, right? It's when he's saying this in Sermon on what if today you'd sought the kingdom first and just exchanged this out? And so the reason you were given this bird seed and throughout this message was to say, if the birds aren't worried about the things that they need most in life, Jesus is saying, what would your life look like if you didn't worry about the things that you needed most in your life right now? And we're going to ask you to kind of try something with us. See, we've got these bird feeders up here that we've put in bird seed in. And not that we have a flock of birds that are going to come down or anything. But we're saying this. What if, as a group of people, a community, we tried to take the challenge that Jesus was sharing? And we said, what if we took what we're worried about most and we deposited it as really a symbol, an act of faith? And saying, God, we're going to give you what I'm concerned about, what I'm worried about, my, my finances, my health, my, my, my relationship, my whatever, right? 
and I'm going to trust you with it because I've been trusting myself with it and it's not working out. And it's Hayden and the band is to begin to lead us in this song. It's called Call Upon the Lord. And it's amazing. It's by Elevation Worship and it's just this beautiful posture of the human heart saying, God, I, I've tried with everything in my strength and I'm not strong enough. But maybe you are. And I'm going to try to trust you to do that. And so I'm going to invite you to stand even now if you would with me. And I want to pray for us as they begin to lead us in this. And as you think about what is that that you're worried about, and if you didn't get one of these packets, there are actual additional packets that are up here in these little baskets that you can take. And again, not that we believe this is going to change something. What we're saying is this could be symbolic. This could be a moment that says, I don't, I don't want to go into the Christmas season worrying to death about everything anymore. I actually would love to have freedom in my life. And we're saying this, that you can find that freedom in Jesus. And so I'm just encouraging you today that this might seem kind of different. That's okay. Because you've been doing things the same way for a long period of time and getting the same results, right? Why not try something different? And trust Jesus with whatever that weight is, whatever that pain is, whatever that difficulty is. Trust him with that. God, I pray that as we call upon you, God, that in here, every man, every woman, every student, every child, God, that we were not built to carry this worry, but God, that you can carry it. You have the power and the strength and the grace and the love to carry our burdens. And you want to, which is what is so amazing about you. May we take whatever is symbolic in the spirit seed of our worry, may we deposit it as an act of faith today, Jesus, to trust you. As Hayden leads, God, in this song, God, may we have the strength to even walk down up front and make the deposit in your name. Amen. As he leads us.